Uh, during the Advent and Christmas season, we will move uh, out of Exodus briefly, and uh, today we're in Luke, the 21st chapter. This is toward the end of Jesus' ministry. He talks earlier in chapter 21 about the destruction that's going to come upon Jerusalem, and in fact does come within about 40 years. And then he goes on to say this, and then there will be sign in the sun and the moon and the stars, and on earth nations will be uh, in anguish and perplexity uh, at as they see these signs. And in these, uh, there will also be people will faint in terror uh, from anguish when they think of what's coming on earth, when they see the heavenly bodies shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds in power and with great glory. When you see these things, stand up, lift up your heads, for your redemption is near. And then he told them this parable. When you see the fig tree and all trees and they begin to sprout leaves, you know for yourselves that summer is near. In the same way, when these things begin to happen, know that your redemption is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away before these things happen. Heaven and earth may pass away, but my, will pass away, but my words will endure forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Be seated, please. Last week I told you about my uh, smartphone, which isn't quite as smart as it thinks it is. But I also have to admit, sometimes when my smartphone uh, causes trouble, it's really operator error. A few years ago, I decided to set my ringtone uh, for the REM song, that's the end of the world as we know it. And I just made it a general ringtone, so when anybody called, that's what went off. And one day I was in a meeting, and I'd forgotten to turn off my phone. So all of a sudden it starts blaring, it's the end of the world as we know it. And I pick up my phone and I say, it's my wife. They suggested to me that I might want to personalize the ringtone and change it. Well, my suggestion this morning is to people all around us whose ringtone and whose voice continues to echo, it's the end of the world, the end of the world is coming, the end of the world is near, I think they should change their tone. I believe that talk shows on the radio, that TV shows that talk about the end of the world need to change their tone. I believe those TV uh, stations, those news stations that believe they're doing us a service by counting out not only the, the days, but the hours and minutes until the fiscal cliff... I think they need to change their tone. I think people that are worried about the end of the Mayan calendar in just 20 days, they need to change their tone. I think they need to change their tone for a practical reason. The more we think and talk and build up the coming end of the world, the more it makes us less the people that God has called us to be. People uh, with the idea that the end is coming tend to behave in very selfish ways, in ways that tend to lead toward competition, secrecy, fearfulness, disunity. Uh, you've all heard stories about people that go buy some desolate piece of land in West Texas, 
gather their weapons and their cans of chili and tuna and head out. That doesn't build community. Reminds me of the time that uh, one of my dogs was sick, and so uh, one of my sons thought he would do both dogs a favor and went to the store and bought them each um, a chew bone. And, And so he came back and gave them each a bone. But as they had their bone, they looked at the other dog with the bone, and neither of them could chew and enjoy their bone because they were worried the other dog would come and take it. So they sat there and looked at their bones for hours, never doing a thing. After a week, we said to pick up the bones, take them out of the yard. People live that way in this sort of survivalist mentality. Practically speaking, it just doesn't make us better people. But there are good, solid biblical reasons to change your tone if you've been chiming, chiming in constantly that the end of the world is near. The verse is this. Jesus makes it pretty clear in our passage today and in other passages that it's simply a waste of our time to be talking about the end of the world and speculating much about it. Uh, One of the reasons it's a waste of time is it'll be pretty obvious when it happens. Jesus says the sun and the moon and the stars will be shaken. And then, uh, and this is the verse I missed uh, for you a minute ago, but the seas will be tossing and raging. In other words, you won't need some Bible with matching prophecies. You don't need a calculator. It'll be obvious when it comes. Jesus says it's just like, just like trees. When the, when the fig tree starts to sprout leaves, you know summer's coming. And even if you don't have fig trees, if you go to the mountains and you see the colors change, you know soon it'll be winter. It, it's, it's not rocket science. When the end comes, Jesus says it'll be obvious. Second thing I think about that it's a waste of time is because as far as I know, everyone who's predicted the end of the world so far has been wrong. Anybody here remember Y2K? Or May 21st, 2011? Harold Camping and his radio Bible people uh, based in California. Remember they bought billboards around town and all over the nation and said that uh, Jesus was coming back May 21st, 2011? Well... May 21st came, and, and Jesus didn't return. And so the first thing is he went into hiding, was unavailable for comment. And then when he came out and offered a comment, you may recall, he said, well, it started May 21st, but by October 21st, we'll all be gone. Well, October 21st, most all of us were still here. And again, he didn't comment for a while. And then the last comment I, I understand he made is he thinks maybe God doesn't want him to predict anymore. He's getting warmer getting closer. Uh, In 1844, there was a group of people called Millerites following William Miller, and they believed that Jesus was coming soon, and so they sold their possessions, quit their jobs. They went and waited on top of a hill for him to come. Well, he didn't. So they recalculated and figured out it was 1848. Almost as many people sold their possessions, quit their jobs, waited with William Miller. Still didn't come. And then they recalculated yet again. Everyone has predicted it's been wrong. It's a waste of time and energy. And then Jesus himself says he doesn't even know. This is what he says in the Gospel of Mark. Of that hour, no one knows. Not the angels, not the Son. No one knows. So I'm thinking if Jesus doesn't know, who told, God, who told these guys that are writing these books? He told these guys that are, that are talking about it on TV. 
It's not a good use of our energy. Jesus says it's a waste of time. Secondly, one of the things biblically we should know is people generally who talk about the end of the world act as if they can do something about it. Friends, if it happens as Jesus describes, believe me, a few cans of tuna and a shotgun is not going to do you any good. There ain't no cave where you can hide from the changing of the earth and the heavens. It'll all, it'll all change. It will all, as Jesus says, heaven and earth will pass away. No place for survivalist. There's no surviving this. It will all change. Most of the times when we think about the end, we think like the song says, it's the end of the world as we know it, but not the end of the world. But when Jesus talks about it, it's, it's, it's the end. It all changes. No place to hide. But then finally, people need to change their tone because there's no need to hide when this day comes for followers of Christ. Because what they need to understand is this end of the world is actually a beginning. This is actually a day of freedom and liberation. Jesus says, when you see these things happening, stand up and look up. Lift up your heads. Because new things will be happening. Earth will change. Heaven will change. It will all be as God intended it. Well, what does that look like? I don't know for sure, but I think you can find some hints in Revelation 21. No more crying or tears or sickness. The former things have passed away, and the one on the throne says, Behold, I am making all things new. That is not a day to fear. That is a day to anticipate. But don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about pie in the sky. I'm not talking about, well, then if, if we have global warming, so be it. If people are sick, well, that's their problem. If, they, if there's poverty, well, eventually they'll get food one day in heaven. I'm not saying that at all. The Bible is very clear since we know, in a sense, what God wants to do with the world, how God wants it all to turn out, how it will one day be, then it's incumbent on us to start working for that day right now. If we know God wants all people to be fed, we work toward it. If God wants people to live in unity, we mend our relationships. If God wants there to be no more sickness, then we move, pray, and work toward healing for all people. Since we know what God wants eventually, and it will happen all over God's creation, we start the work now. Jesus had a, had a phrase he used over and over to talk about that. He called that the kingdom of God. Whenever you're working to make the world the way that God wants it to be, whenever you're working to make things the way that they one day will be when the end comes, whenever that is, you're a part of the kingdom of God. Jesus offers this observation. He says, now this generation will not pass away until this happens. And that's perplexed people to this day. It perplexes me. Let me offer you just a few possibilities of what Jesus is saying. Some people believe that what Jesus is saying is um, this generation will not pass away until what I've talked about with Jerusalem happens. And that's the truth. Forty years later, Jerusalem's destroyed just as Jesus predicted and said it would happen. Could be. Others say that Jesus is talking about how everything will be turned upside down by his resurrection. So he's saying a lot of you are going to be alive when that happens because it's not very far off when things get turned upside down. That could be. Others note that generation simply means humankind. 
And he's just saying, you know, there'll be humans until that day. So it'll, it'll happen someday while there are still humans on the earth. And then finally, this most interesting to me is often, if you look in the Gospels, when Jesus says this generation, it's not a compliment. He's basically saying, you know, this group of people that just doesn't believe, that just doesn't get it. So some people are saying that what will happen is whenever the end does come, there will still be a whole bunch of people who believe it will never happen. When the world is made right, there will still be a whole lot of people that will be so surprised that the world got straightened out because they didn't believe it would ever happen. I don't know. But I do know that one day it will all change and the change is so wonderful it is not a change to fear. Jesus told a parable from nature. He said, think of the fig tree. You see the signs, you know when things are happening. I'd give you another parable. Think of the caterpillar for a moment. Caterpillar on its leaf. And then after time, life as the caterpillar understands and knows it ends. It's all over. It's a chrysalis. There is darkness. There is struggle. For weeks, some cases months, but at the end, what happens? A butterfly emerges completely unlike what has gone before. It is an end and yet a beginning more magnificent than could be possibly imagined by a caterpillar. That's where we're heading. That's not a day to fear. That's a day to anticipate. But the day's not here yet. So what do we do? Jesus said, heaven and earth may pass away, but my words will not pass away. They'll last forever. So my assumption is we be about Jesus' words. That what we want to do are the very things Jesus asks us to do until that day comes. The story is told and retold. In fact, it even found its way into our bulletin this morning about the uh, colonial legislature in New England. Uh, more than a couple centuries ago, they are doing their business and suddenly there's a total eclipse. There is, of course, great fear. And somebody comes uh, to the podium and moves that in view of the end of the world that, that this colonial legislature be adjourned. But a person of faith gets up and responds that in view of the coming end, he said, I move that we be found doing our duty and our job that we're supposed to do. He said, I move that candles be brought in and we continue our work. The end is coming. I don't know when. I don't know how. But until that time, I want to do what my Lord asked me to do.